Hey, Purpose Claremont. Um, just wanted to share a little something I read out of our reading for today, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And then uh, that was it. So let's pray. Um, we'll jump in. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder you gave um, me just now as I finished up reading and spending time with you. And then um, just thanks for the Purpose Claremont community. I'm so blown away with um, how tight we are and how much love and appreciation there is in the community, and I pray you would continue it. And so, God, please continue to move us forward as your church uh, to be to be the kind of church that you stand for and applause uh, as we try to honor you most. We love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, just wanted to uh, just real quick, Second uh, Corinthians chapter seven. I've always loved this verse, but I love when I come across it and just as a reminder. For me and then for you, I'm sure you've I'm sure you've read it and seen it before. Um, Second Corinthians chapter seven, starting verse um, starting verse five, says, "For even when we came into Macedonia, this is Paul speaking. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within." Now, and this can sound so weird. I'm encouraged by that because how often do we experience fear and then we actually feel guilty for it? Fear is a natural reaction to anything that scares us. To be to have fear is kind of normal, um, but it's what do we do with that fear? It's we have a we have a choice to make. Either we be con- either we can be consumed by fear and not move anywhere, or we can be completely um, free from it. So we can say, okay, well, I can live by fear. I can live by faith. I can live completely just sucked into fear or free in faith. And so to know that Paul even. Um, he had fighting without, so there's people on the outside that are trying to hurt him. There's situations on the outside. We'll, you'll see later on in Second Corinthians, I think it's in chapter 11, of what it is that he actually endured because of him following Jesus. So there's this stuff on the outside, and then there's this fear within. But he kept going. And I want to make sure that, that we keep going, that we never stop. But then verse, verse 6. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he has he was comforted by you. And I just wrote this in my Bible. I wrote, God comforts us by using us. Did you see it? That God who comforts the downcast, that's a statement of fact. It's a revelation of God that God comforts the downcast. But then he goes on to say, God, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, a friend. Um, you'll see later on that he refers to Titus as his like fellow worker and is like it's like he says man we have such a closeness with with Titus but the part that just hit me again is a good reminder he comfort God comforts the downcast but he comforted Paul who was downcast by the coming of his friend Titus and what I want us to do is to live today asking God God how can I be um, your comfort to someone else so there's that how can I be your comfort to somebody else and then maybe for some of you you need to be comforted and you need to be reminded that when that perfect phone call comes at that perfect time or someone checks in or that God's comforting you, that that's how God is comforting. And yes, he can do it by his Holy Spirit very personally, just kind of an overwhelming moment. He can do that. But when I saw that, I want to make make sure that we remember God comforts us by using us. And what a great, I, I mean, what a great thought that we get to be used by God to comfort others, that we as human beings, these frail little things, get to be used by Almighty God to impact someone's life for eternity. That's absolutely mind-blowing. And so 
Um, that part hit me, but then this is the part that I loved. Um, as I continued reading through, you get to verse, um, get to verse nine, and it's going to sound weird that I say I loved it, but you'll see why. It says, as it is, I rejoice not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. And then he says, for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. And he says, you see the good that it, that's come from it. And so one of the most loving things that we can do as followers of Christ is for those who are just, they're just running from God. They don't know Jesus. And they're just kind of living and they don't want anything to do with them. It's like sometimes they just don't want to hear from us at all. We do our best. But what do we do? We pray that they would experience, this is going to sound so weird. We pray that they would experience godly grief. Why? Because godly grief leads to repentance. Repentance leads to someone surrendering to Christ, to turn away from sin and to move toward or to turn toward Jesus. And so one of the most loving things we can do is to pray that they would experience godly grief. Um, I've, used, I've used this line or this prayer before many times in the past, and it's, it says kind of the same thing. It just sounds pretty harsh. Um, but I've prayed it. I pray that, I've prayed that, God, I pray that you would take this person uh, to the edge of hell, that they would look up to find your grace. It's the same concept. Godly grief leads to repentance. Worldly grief only produces death. There's nothing good that comes from it. So we want godly grief. So I'm, I'm convinced that some, sometimes the worst thing that I can do is get in the way of what it is that God wants to do by comforting. And, and there's nothing wrong with comforting because we just talked about it. We want to be comforters of God. We want to be used by God to comfort but there are other times where someone is going through godly grief and God is going to continue to kind of keep tapping on them and moving them further and further into godly grief for the purpose that they would repent and turn to him. And we want to keep praying for that and we want to encourage them through that, but never stop the process by jumping in and saying things that maybe God doesn't want us to say. We want to make sure that we hold the truth. We want to make sure that we're gracious. But at times, because a lot of us, me included, we want to save the day. We want to help the person. And those are fantastic things. We should want to help. But sometimes the most helpful thing that we can do is just allow God to continue to move that person into godly grief. And then when they repent, we're there and we're celebrating with them and we're rejoicing um, that they've come to surrender to Jesus. And then last part, uh, chapter 7, verse 16 says, I rejoice because I have complete confidence in you. Paul's just saying those words to a bunch of Christians in Corinth. Um, and I, when I read that, I, just, I was just reminded. And I, I'm, let me see if I can find it in my journal. Um, I wrote this in my journal. I said, this is how I feel about the people of Purpose Claremont. I'm so blown away by them and will defend them to the end. I'm just so blown away by you and so thankful that I get to walk this life with you. Um, it's just weird to even think that I get to lead you all because I feel like you guys are just so amazing and I'm just humbled that I get to be your pastor. And so I read that part and you all just came to my mind, just came flood into my mind. And I just want to tell you that I rejoice over you um, because I have complete confidence in you. I'm convinced, guys, we are making an impact for the kingdom. Then we're all about Jesus. We're about reaching people that don't know Jesus. We're about making disciples who make disciples who make disciples because our ultimate goal is that we see everyone everywhere following Jesus. And as we continue to move out home church idea, and I'm hearing people and starting to invite people into home church. And the line that every home church leader has is anyone invites anyone anytime um, and to bring them into home church and then from home church to bring them into the worship gatherings because we really want to see God work just like he did in the book of Acts. And so 
I just have complete confidence in you. I'm just so blown away by you and love you guys more than you know. So I go, hope you guys have a great day, great weekend, and we'll talk soon.